0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the CCA California podcast. My name is Chris, your host. Very grateful for you listening in with us today. This week is going to be a little bit different as what we're normally used to. We're going to go wind the clock back and go back in time to 2020. I know it was a uh, memorable year to say the least uh, for all of us, but uh, this is kind of... Right in the midst of COVID, and uh, we ended up starting a video series on Facebook Live um, called An Afternoon With. And so um, a few episodes in, we had our great friend of the podcast, Kevin Nakata, on with us. Uh, A little bit of a twist, though. He was joining us from his kayak in La Jolla and fishing. And I figured, I know I've referred to that episode in the podcast before, um, I figured let's listen to it again. Um, so I wanted to bring that back to life. And speaking of Kevin, we have some exciting news this week. Kevin's actually going to be joining the podcast as a co-host. So I'm really looking forward to having him on board on the podcast. I know he is as excited as we are to have him. So really looking forward to that. He's going to start being on the podcast this, or I'm sorry, next week um, on on the podcast. So Really looking forward to having him on, and uh, hopefully you are as well. Before we get to that, though, guys, I can't thank everyone enough for joining us at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival last weekend in Orange County. It was an unbelievable show. It was certainly one to remember, and also just a really just a great start to hopefully kicking back the show season. Um, I know the last couple of years with COVID, We've actually haven't had any shows or or very small shows, to say the least. And uh, my God, it was awesome to see everyone, to see a lot of the old old faces again, seeing all of our friends, our sponsors, all of our members as well. Um, It proved to be super successful, not only for us, but um, for our state board member, Bill DePriest, the owner of the show, we can't really thank that guy enough. He did so much to not only produce a fantastic show, but also to supporting CCA. Um, we were end up we ended up selling a show package for fifty dollars, uh, f- basically that included your membership, your entry to the show, a T-shirt and a tote bag. That could not be possible without Bill. So Bill, thank you so much, man. We do really do appreciate the support. And definitely looking forward to next year's show, too. Um, It's going to be great. Um, This is coming off the news that the Fred Hall show was just canceled, sadly. Uh, We were going to be there. Unfortunately, it did get canceled um, because of COVID reasons and all that. So we're really bummed out about that. But hopefully it will return next year, as will PCS. Um, And then shortly after that, don't miss us at the Bakersfield show. Um, That's going to be at the Kern County Fairgrounds March 11th to the 13th. It's called the Central Valley Sportsman's RV and Boat Show um, at the Kern County Fairgrounds. Once again, March 11th to the 13th. Our Kern County chapter will be there. I'll be there. Wayne will be there. Um, It's going to be a good time. A lot of people usually show up. And uh, if PCS was an indicator for show season, I can't wait for that one. That is going to be fantastic. Just a little recap from the PCS show this weekend, though. We had... We were talking about those packages a little bit earlier. We ended up selling, I say we as in the Orange County chapter of CCA, um, led by Robbie Gant from AFCO and Luke Burson from Dana Wharf Rod and Reel. Those guys led their group and very, very successfully. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of response, the amount of support we received. And uh, I know I spent a lot of my time outside in the outside booth and it was great catching up with everyone. Um, seeing some old old friends and, and great sponsors there. Um, I really can't thank you guys enough for, for really coming out and showing the love to CCA um, at the PCS show. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we are really looking forward to um, the future of this podcast. Don't forget to make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. We certainly do appreciate all the support um, and also, guys, don't forget about our Contribute to Conservation program, where you can donate as little as $10 a month. We just charge your credit card. It's super simple. Um, you go to our website, ccacalifornia.org. You can sign up there. It's pretty much as simple as entering in your credit card info and letting us charge it for 10 bucks or less. I'm sorry, 10 bucks or more uh, per month. So really looking forward to seeing that. The more that program goes, the more our resources grow the more we can do uh, fun stuff with you all. So without further ado, I'm going to get off here and let you guys listen in to Kevin and I's conversation from 2020. While Kevin was on the water, it's uh, certainly exciting. So um, just because we're replaying a conversation, it's going to be really, really fun for me personally just to relive that one um, as he's on the water and a lot of things are happening around them so i'll just leave it at that and not ruin the surprise anyways really looking forward to next week having uh, our guest in studio and uh, we are looking forward to it all right well for those of you joining us my name is chris larchidera with the coastal conservation association of california we got mr kevin dakota on the water how's it going kevin it's going well. It's a beautiful day, and we're out. I'm out kayak fishing. I Can't beat nice. that. Nice, man. Nice. So as we uh, kind of wait for uh, people to start joining us here, what? Uh, tell me what you're doing right now. Where uh, Where are you at? What are you at? Looks like you're kind of chasing some some fish right now.
1: Yep. So right now I'm in La Jolla. I'm on my uh, Pro Angler Hobie Pro Angler 14. And I'm chasing around bird schools. There's definitely yellowtail here. I had two opportunities when I first launched that too. And just kind of moving around, answering questions and fishing at the same time. So we'll see if we can get one on camera. And uh, no no bait, just fishing artificials makes it get a little more challenging. So if they pop up, it's going to be on. But if they don't, then I probably won't have a very good chance. It's all good,
0: man. The, the beauty about it is, though, you're actually out on the water. And I notice as uh, people are starting to, to chime in here, everyone's super jealous of you right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if I wasn't doing this interview, I probably wouldn't be on the water right now. <laughs> so I'm thankful that you guys invited me out to come do this. So um, I hope that we can make it worth our while and hook a fish while we're out, out here for sure for sure man well i've got
0: confidence in you but uh anyway as people are starting to check in there uh yes matthew he is actually on the water and uh wayne wants to know what are you trolling if you're trolling
1: Uh, i'm not trolling i'm keeping my my uh cold sniper jerk bait ready to rock so i'm just out here casting this like a like an iron uh it's it's actually a very good bait to replace an iron. Uh, it always stays on the water and and uh, it does what an iron should, which is to kick very wide. Even though it's a uh, even though it's a build bait and you can cast it very far because it has a tra- uh, transfer system, weight transfer system in the in the middle of the body. So we're, that's all I'm doing is kind of waiting here. Normally I I keep my rod like this when I'm hunting and I have a bait in my hand this way. So I'm always ready to throw, and I don't have to unhook my my lure when it's time to to get dirty, get my hands dirty.
0: Nice, nice. So let's talk a let's talk a little bit about setups right now. So what uh, on a day like today, when you're kind of focusing more on the uh, on the jerk baits and and the irons and all that, what are you typically uh, what are you typically using?
1: Uh, so for stick baits and jerk baits. Um, I mean, the jerk bait is pretty simple. Like this cold sniper jerk bait, the Shimada cold sniper jerk bait, the 140 and the 170 is just a great lure to to buy. It's uh, got a lot of bang for its buck. It's uh, 1799 at the most expensive for the large size. And then for the small size, it's uh, 1399. And um, when you look at these lures, they look so good. I'll show you, um, here's the 140 size. Actually, let me get the boat in the right position here. That right there's the one forty size, and I mean it looks just like a a sardine money and um upgrade the hooks a little bit, but for the the jerk bait option they just casting and burning in that's a really great lure, and uh i mean uh, they the one forty is a great lure for smaller fish and for when they're on smaller bait uh today they're on anchovies, so it might get a little hard to get them, to fool them to eat this one seventy I have tied on, but um good bait for the money and then you can go as crazy uh you know I like I love I have loved stick baits since they since they came out in Japan I was a little late to the game I started using stick baits in 2014 but you know here's a a really expensive one this is called a Fish Village Trippers Tanjiro 170 and this has been a really good lure to me this year and last year and the year before that but it's a much different style lure um it's a floating bait it does not uh, sink so when you drop in the water it won't sink like the cold sniper jerk bait when you put heavier hooks on it's meant to be ripped across the surface and uh, the fish react to it really like it's a very different bite it doesn't uh, swirl you don't get swirled on like on a, a um, iron you get exploded on like a gt in the maldives and uh, it's a really exciting bait so it's expensive they're 100 bucks but they get hand tuned and handmade in Japan, um, by these, you know, one-off makers, uh, and they sell for a crazy amount of money, but you get every bit of what you pay for out of them. And I've, I've never lost one. So I count them as a very good bait for the money. You know, I've, I've never had a, my paint job is brand new pretty much. You know, I, this is the same as when you buy it out of a package and, uh, I never had to replace our, just replace hooks and never had a out the jig itself so you know i don't have to look for a good swimmer i just buy one of these and i fish it very cool very cool
0: man and uh what uh actually we've got a couple questions here we've got uh leonard mmfc is checking in (laughs) speaking of mmfc we got roman he's uh he's telling you shimano colt sniper 140 with owner st66 one hot hooks the number one hyper hyperwire split rings too dang see he, he's got
1: it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, yeah He's he's been applying it <laughs>
0: <laughs> you kayak fisherman man so uh
1: arnie how's it
0: going arnie arnie wants to know how did you get into kayak fishing to begin with
1: uh kayak fishing was introduced to me in 2000 2000- sorry hold on okay there's the yellow right here um no fishing's important dude Oh, he didn't want to bite uh so in 2006 uh, six, well actually two thousand seven two thousand eight I was introduced by a friend who I was a, a co-worker with at the time Gino uh, to hobies and um, they were he had a couple of outbacks and we were out there and we were fishing at night in the bay and you know i, I just uh, I really fell in love with it it's such an amazing amazing uh low expense to get on the water and to be able to get out here and fish with the big boys you know and uh i think that the <clears throat> possibilities is what really drew me in because you know i'm out here there's parkers over here you know oh that sounded like a whale back there and um you know just this, this crazy stuff happens around you all the time and uh and you're in a little plastic 14 foot boat and uh, you don't have to pay for much maintenance. You only have to put food in your belly. That's your fuel. And, um, you catch big fish on this thing. You know, it's, it's a really cool, uh, it's just a really cool vessel. It is, uh, it's just an extension of being an angler, whether you're on the shore, whether you're on a boat, it's just another way to get on the water another way to, to see what's out on the water. Excellent.
0: Excellent, man.
1: That's awesome. So we've got another
0: question from Jeremy from the ramp. How long is it taking you to get out to where you're at and how
1: far do you usually take your kayak out? Uh, Right now I'm about four miles off where I launched and that's kind of an atypical zone where you, you fish. And, um, it takes me about an hour and 15 if I'm really putting a lot of uh, juice into the legs, but, uh, I would say about an hour and 45 is the atypical time to get out here. Um, It sounds like a lot, but, you know, if you're fishing the whole time, it doesn't really feel like a lot. And uh, I fish the whole way from where I'm launching, basically outside the MLPA all the way to here. So, um, and it could be a lot closer. Sometimes the fishing is literally right outside the MLPA right there. So it can be very good. Oh, yeah. Really easy.
0: Well, so let's kind of talk about kayak fishing for, for a second here. Um, you know, me, myself, I don't personally do kayak fishermen, so I'm kind of wondering, you know, what kind of advice do you have for the beginners or for someone who's kind of hasn't really dipped their toe into uh, kayak fishing before but is hoping to uh, to do it soon? What, uh, what kind of advice do you have?
1: Um, so for kayak fishing, I think the one thing people, they first get um, kind of, Scared by is the fact that you know i always hear no matter where i am across the country is i'm afraid of falling over flipping and the kayaks nowadays have gotten so different and so much bigger like i can stand you know no problem but you can you'd be a lot more stable on these than a lot of people give them credit for As long as you're, you know, you kind of get an idea of what you are athletically on the water, how you are athletically on the water and uh, able to fish on the kayak, I think that you won't be, I think you won't be scared. And a lot of people get scared and being a little plastic boat on the ocean. Um, The other thing is that, you know, there's sharks, right? Sharks are always going to be a thing people are scared of out here in the water. But in the times that I've launched out here in La Jolla, which has got to be upwards of 1,700 times I launched from the beach, I will say I've only really had one incident that scared me to death um, with, the, with the white. And I think that uh, that was a pretty good odds for people not interacting with the big shark. So, uh, you know, it's, I think that, I think that uh, people just need to get over the fear factor and try it out one day.
0: So I, I have to go back to it. Did you say 1700 times?
1: Oh, at least. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's probably being reserved. Yeah. I know it sounds like a lot and I'm probably over-exaggerating, but I'm that's probably near, I've done the calculation a few times. Cause I, if you, if you think about like from twenty, two thousand nine 2009 was when I was really heavily fishing in La Jolla here all the way through uh, now. And In the early years when I was guiding full-time and out here quite often, I was doing at least uh, 150 to 200 days on the water out here. And then I started slowing down after I started working for Hobie in uh, 2012. But up until that time, from then on to now, I've done at least, you know, 50 days on the water out here in the kayak, Uh, but more, more. uh, So that would be a low on the average. So um, uh, there's years where I've done more than 200 days on the water out here. Um, oh, that's the yellow right there. He just flew right past me. Wasn't paying attention. I'm too busy talking, not talking to y'all. <laughs> Sorry, we're distracting um, you there. <laughs> no, no, no. This is going to be a thing. This is going to be your most distracting uh, live Facebook live uh, interview yet, I, I promise. People are going to be like, why isn't he talking? What happened? Oh. <laughs> It's all good.
0: It's all good, man. I mean, this is a, this is a first for us on the water live and all you fishing. We're, we're super stoked for you. Um, we do have a couple more uh, people checking in here. Sue says it's good to see you on the water, Kevin. Uh, oh, 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 here we go. Here we
1: go. Watch this. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. I'm about to get one. Oh, oh, baby. Oh, come on. Oh, this one's so, this one so doesn't want to eat. Oh. oh. Man, he followed the stick bait in That one wanted to eat it too. Didn't want to eat it. Then he charged it. Ah. Okay, I'm gonna see more of those. That's good. That's good. I think my heart is racing for you, man. <laughs> that one was. Uh, that one was definitely. He, I brought the stick bait like five feet in front of his nose, but he oh, wasn't man. having it. that's awesome well uh let's look into here
0: roman from mf mmfc has a question for you what do you look for to decide what days you want to fish
1: um you know uh any day that you get on the water that's the day you want to go fishing i know it sounds silly uh but in la jolla i think if we're talking about la jolla specifically there's always going to be an opportunity to catch a trophy game fish, whether that's yellowtail, white sea bass, or halibut, or lingcod, whatever your fish you want to catch, you will, you will have a high likelihood of running into that fish out here uh, pretty much every day of the year. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a lot of yellowtail out here, and it uh, doesn't matter what kind of season. In the wintertime, there's some really amazing, amazing days that have, you know, overhead surf and if you can get out there, you're going to hook fish. It's just a problem getting out and getting in. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I'm a little older now. I have a, I have a lot of patience to decide when I want to go out. So if I can pick a good day it's flat, yeah, sure, I'll choose a flatter day than the other days. But, um, you know, honestly, the flat days are like today's a little challenging because the fish are really slow through the water and uh, there's no current. So when it's super flat calm like this, uh, which I would count this as pretty flat calm, uh, it's very hard to get the fish to to want to eat the bait because they're, they're just trying to find some uh, really slow moving bait. The bait's not excited and not pushing through the current and they're not excited because there's no current. So um, I would choose a bad day over a good day, honestly. For sure.
0: Awesome. Well, we have another question for you from Arnie. What's the furthest you have taken your kayak out and do you use a propul- propulsion device to go farther or to save the legs on the way back in?
1: Uh, I've done the nine mile uh, a few times uh, with my buddy, Bill and Morgan, prominence who uh, works with, we work with each other at Hobie. Uh, sorry. Give me, one, give me one second here. Um, and uh, that was when uh, there was tuna. In, if you remember 2015, it was kind of one of those banner crazy years where there was Wahoo in the, just outside the nine here on the nine. I remember nine too. Yeah, we were chasing Wahoo. I had a friend hook a Wahoo. I for sure. I think it was a Wahoo the way he was describing it, but the line melted off his uh, saltus and uh, we came ready for it with the wired up max. And uh, that was pretty exciting, but that was one there. There was quite a few times I've done a, a nine mile run, which is about 13 miles to 14 miles from the beach. And you got to cruise up and down the bank. And then you got to wrap your way back in somehow, make it in alive and uh, doing all that without uh, any motors. So done that probably 20 times now. No she- sail, no, no motor. Um, and
0: that's at the mile, nine mile bank where that's probably the furthest you've taken it.
1: Uh Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the first out, you know, like a regular day, uh, I do 30 miles on a summer day. So like round trip on a, just fishing yellows. I'm always pedaling around like you're seeing right now, fishing and looking for active fish and, um, trying to get them to, well, I'm cramping up a little bit, uh, trying to get them to a uh, bite, you know, and, uh, the covering the water, uh, on the kayak is a big deal, big part of, um, Catching fish out here in La Jolla because if you're not moving around looking for fish, it's going to make it very hard to cover uh, the empty water that you may be fishing right on top on, but never know until you actually, you know, find the fish. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it's not that far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So, Bo wants to know a little bit more about the incident with the great white.
1: So it was a I had a guy. His name's Joseph. He was from. Originally, he's from um, uh, Britain, and so uh, Joseph wanted to go fishing for yellows, white sea bass, yada yada on the kayak, and um, this was July of 2012. I don't remember the exact day, but it doesn't matter. Um, we were out here sitting on a squid bed, and the nest was pretty thick, and I was the only one that really knew about it because the fog was so bad, no one could kind of see that no one could see that there was fish out on the or the squid on this spot. And so I was uh, sitting there and talking to him and uh, making squid, and all of a sudden I look up and there was a fin, and there was a lot of mola mola out here, so they they came up and they were you know doing the little twisty thing with their fin, and uh, I kind of look over, I go oh, man that's whatever, and I put my head back down, jigging up squid, and I turn back over and I hear. And cutting the fin cutting through the water. And it wasn't turning. So then I go, Oh, that's a shark. And then it was starting to come closer, and it was foggy, mind you. So it was kind of spooky to see this. Come it was coming straight at us. And I'm like, Okay, uh, Joe, Joseph, I'm just letting you know there's a shark coming right at us. And <laughs> he goes, What? By the way. And, and I'm like, well, I think that's a great white. And and then he started to kind of freak out. He's like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, we're not going to do anything. Just sit here, sit still, and it will probably pass right on by or it'll circle us and maybe it'll bump us, but don't freak out because that's the worst thing you want to do. He's just cruising around looking looking at us. So he comes by and he circles between us and he comes around you got every bit of this fish, you know, beside us. That was, I mean, the thing was big, you know, it was a no joke 14 to 15 sixteen foot fish I mean it was a beast, and um the biggest thing I ever seen in the water were, except for the mega mouth that I saw here once, but um they uh this fish cruised by, came around did it again, and made a really close pa- pass next to Joseph, and at this point, we're both just kind of like, okay, one of us is gonna get eaten here <laughs> oh, shit. so I made the the stupid decision to um pedal to get its attention because the last thing i want is someone to die because of me so or bit bit because of me however you want to to put that in a nice way right uh so i told him i said hey i'm gonna go ahead and start pedaling and i'm gonna go towards the kelp but I, when he starts to come after me if he does i want you to go the opposite way towards shore as fast as possible and uh i'll, I'll come get you when i'm with if it's all said and done And, uh, he goes, um, okay. (laughs) So, uh, we get under, I get underway. I just take one pedal stroke and the thing goes right on my butt. And he starts following me right on my, right on the back end of the kayak. And I started pedaling a little faster, starting to freak out. And I was watching my fish finder thinking I might be able to see him come up and blast me and I might be able to jump out (laughs) in in case he does hit me. I was being really stupid, mind you. I mean, this is so dumb. Uh, but uh, oh my god! Okay, I'm gonna hook up right here. Oh my god, I'm gonna hook up right here. Oh my god, dude, this is such a big school. Holy smokes, dude! Holy smokes! Why do you turn this bar on? Okay, here we go. Oh my god, they're swimming. They're just being stupid right now. Okay, go on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch Yellowstone on camera right now. Oh my God, these fish are so dumb. These fish are so dumb right now. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I'm on. Yeah. Oh. were super dumb <laughs> Woo!
0: oh this is a first this is awesome
1: <laughs> i'm gonna i told you i was gonna catch them yeah. oh my god there was so many right there there was like 200 fish
0: oh my goodness
1: oh i just lost my bait oh, oh shit no no, no I, have uh. I have my bait i have my bait i have my bait holy crap those fish were so dumb I should have probably laid a little, laid up a little bit. Oh, I'm on again! Oh my God! Dude, I'm gonna get you this time! Oh, I got you now! Holy crap! This is crazy out here right now. I'm gonna lighten up a little bit. All right, any questions? Oh yeah! Oh. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a better one. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I just threw right back into school, whatever it would have been. Nice. <laughs> and uh, happened to just happened to hit him right in the head somehow. Blind uh, casting. Oops. I think I should probably lighten up a little bit. I'm, oh I'm putting a serious wood to him. They're still underneath me too. <laughs> um oh so the shark story. So um I was uh pedaling away and I was trying to like not freak out too bad. And then all of a sudden the uh uh-oh. the uh the shark ended up um going down and like quickly so I was freaking out a little bit thinking Alright, this is the, oh my god, this bait right here underneath me. Uh, <laughs> and I was freaking out thinking this was the end of Kevin that got us. And, uh, okay, here, hold on a second, I gotta poke this fish. Yeah. Oops. Uh, Alright, here's the
0: yellowtail. Oh, yes. Woo,
1: baby, live! CCA! <laughs> <laughs>
0: well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> nice.
1: Oh man. Um and the the sharks totally sounded out. And I thought that for sure I was a goner. Pedaled over the kelp and I looked back around after I pedaled away. And uh lo and behold the uh you still there by the way?
0: Yep, yeah, we're still here.
1: Uh, lo and behold, I was like, okay, the shark's gone. Saw him come up, pop away, and I yelled into the fog. I said, "Joseph, are you okay, man?" And he goes, "Yep." And uh, we kept fishing, and he caught a sea bass and yellowtail the same day. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Oh my goodness. I gotta show you this fish. Yeah, exactly. You gotta show us.
1: So in um in the kayak fishing world, I'm gonna try to find that school again. Those things are dumb. There's two guys fishing right here beside me. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so in the kayak fishing world, you have what's called a game clip. And divers use it too, but this is a game clip. And you put the fish in here, and then I'm going to secure him like a safety pin. And then I'm going to go ahead and dispatch him and bleed him and get him ready for ice, which is in my bag in front of me, but I will get him... Up here, he's gonna freak out on me. I already know it. I'm not. We're not. Look at check out that fish. There's the stick bait in his mouth. How sick is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Dude, stick this, bait fish, baby. It don't get no to-
0: better. Back to back. <laughs> Romans asking. Oh shit.
1: Yes, I'm gonna bleed it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna brain him, and I'm going to. What's that? The camera, right? Yeah, I'm doing a live uh, feed with uh, CCA. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, you catching them? I got one about Sick, I thought I heard you yelling over there. Not very good, but yelling over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, see the kayak fishing community is cool, man. We just, we're out here, we're all catching fish. We don't scream at each other. Plenty of plenty of uh, space to go around. We're doing what we do, you know. So, but I'm gonna catch another one like that. Maybe not in this uh, stream at the same time, but the uh, I might catch uh, another one here. Let's see. That that fish school was, was pretty massive. Awesome. Oh, okay. Now he's gonna go in the water. I'm gonna clip the end of the game clip right there. Oh, then I've got
0: everyone's giving you massive props man (laughs) there's uh there's
1: the Afco filet knife right there i'm just gonna bleed him now a lot of people ask questions why do you bleed him on the water isn't that a stupid idea just just mentioning that i just was talking about a shark story right but out here such a rare occurrence you know i really do feel comfortable doing that and um i wouldn't recommend it to anyone that doesn't feel comfortable but you do feel comfortable, bleed him, you poke him in the the um, throat. And I'm just gonna go ahead and brain him really quick. Kind of brutal, but it is fishing. And then uh, I'm gonna keep fishing right now. I'm gonna try to get another one on camera. I'm gonna get that same school, I'm gonna try to find him. <laughs> I hooked two fish right there. This is I hooked awesome. two fish. Oh man, that was cool.
0: So like, anyway, everyone's uh, everyone's giving you mad props. We got Matt from Afco chep- checking in. Hello Matt. Woo! Afco baby.
1: Yep. Oh yes. Love those guys. And they yep. have a, such a cool that company has such a cool story and they're so proactive in the industry. It's hard not to love those guys. Through and through. So
0: Yeah, not gotta to mention them. they're a founding sponsor of CCA. We're we're super
1: proud with them. Yep. And you yeah. got you got to got America flying over. Give me a minute. All right, one more glory shot, and he goes inside the kill bag. And uh, I'll show you a video or what I'm doing here in a second. But there's your glory shot, I'll take a screenshot of that later and post it on Instagram. <laughs> He's only like 15 pounds, but he's cool. Good fish. All right.
0: Hey, that so works. A...
1: That works off La Jolla. <laughs> mhm. And here's uh, here's the bag. And so this is a 48 inch. This is a massive bag. I usually don't need this big of a bag, but uh, you know, lately it's been so good. You know, it's hard to not go out here and whack at least a couple and maybe a sea bass opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's beautiful out here. You can. Oh, I got a cramp. Uh, been pedaling around trying to find these fish all day, so I'm trying to ooh, uh, lock up. <laughs> oh man, I'm totally gonna lock up here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. well.
0: Uh, before I forget, remind us again what did you uh, what you just catch that yellow one?
1: So I'll show you. Oh, here, a little bit of American. The yellowtail are sitting right here. By the way, this bird's this bird's sitting on them. Um. So. Ah, the uh, bait I'm using, this is my, uh, I, I remember I just, I hooked another fish before that on the same lure, um, but this is a Fish Village trippers Tangera 190. I've had this lure since the beginning of stick bait fishing for me. And, um, you know, I'm telling you, like, this lure is 110 bucks, right? But it, every bit of that $110 has caught fish over the six years I've owned it. I've caught so many fish on this lure and it's so easy to fish for a guy who's starting to get into kayak fishing. Like, I don't know if you can get a, a better, more effective uh, bait other than this one, aside from the Colt Sniper jerk bait. Those are my two go-to. So there's a few other baits that I have in my arsenal, but those two are certainly like my, my favorites. I got, I got to say, so. Oh man. Oh yeah. I can ask you a lot more questions now that I'm chilling. Cool. <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, let's talk about the uh the ring that you're currently on. Jeremy wants to know, are you on the uh, Pro Angler 14 with
1: the I'm on the Pro Angler 14 with the 360. And I'll be honest with you, like in that situation where I just spun on fish, there and there was these fish are just free swimming, you know, like they're not they're not doing anything weird. They're just free swimming in a circle. Um the uh thing I'm trying to do is trying to maximize the the, uh, the uh, minimizing amount of time it takes to get back on them so i had to actually turn the 360 drive around because the drive goes in a 360 degree spinning um rotation and i turned back on those fish with the rudder and i was able to move away from them then cast on them and get them to eat and that was the first fish and then the one that, that i lost after that I just spun the boat back around and threw it behind me because i thought the fish might be going into the sunset and lo and behold one came out and destroyed it so gt style holy smokes major crampage going on that's the only thing about kayak fishing is you're gonna get worn out sometimes and i'm definitely getting worn out pretty bad right
0: here yeah hey, it's part of the game man at least you got a yellow to show for it right now
1: yeah <laughs> i'm trying to get another one if i can get moving again but man i'm out of shape or something going on right now it's been a little bit
0: so well while we're chilling with you uh william wants is checking in He's saying thanks Kevin learned a lot from Cedros with you on the jerkbaits and plastics. You're very exciting to watch. I remember you fishing off the kayak while you were fishing in the panga also catching dodo and tuna.
1: Oh yeah. That was um there I've done a couple of trips to Cedros and uh the last few years have just been so special because the, the it's literally like fishing a it's like fishing Jurassic Park. There's so much untouched fish there that are just they're just uh, it's dumbfounding how easy they are to catch and so much fun you can learn a lot you can gain confidence there and I go with Jeff Mariani of Cedro's Kayak Fishing who was on here a couple of interviews ago and um no better operation in my opinion and last year we went out there we caught sea bass yellowtail lots of yellowtail um sheephead corb the biggest corbina I ever seen in my life on cut mackerel, and 40-pound test. Uh, bonito. I'm about to catch another fish. Give me one second here. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I'm about to catch one. I'm hurting so bad right now. Okay. I'm going to step for this one. Okay. Good. Don't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Good. So, uh, we've got another question for you. What, a couple of people are asking, you know, what do you look for when sight fishing? What are you looking for when, uh, when you're looking for those yellowtails? Are you relying solely on bird action or what are you looking for?
1: Uh, you know, I'm really looking for fish under the water and I know it's hard to imagine, but, um, I, what I tell people is if you get a chance to go to Birch Aquarium or somewhere, Monterey or somewhere that has yellowtail, and you just get to watch the yellowtail do the tornado in the tank, if you watch that enough, you'll see that most most of the time they're on the surface of the water. Oh, about to, here we go. They're in front of me again. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Oh, I'm bringing it right in them. Oh, this bait got fouled. Um, But I'm looking for those fish under the water, and it's like a color spot, so you can imagine uh, the fish, um, they just they light up the water way differently. And today the water is a little stained, so it's like taking a highlighter in the water and, and basically pouring out green and yellow paint, because um, that's what the color of their backs are. And uh, you'll basically see the water just change in color. I mean, it's, it's vivid. And if you keep your eyes open and you look far enough away from the boat, you'll see them. Uh, but that's all I'm looking for uh, right now. And, uh, but like that school was so obvious. Like I, if I took a client out here and I pointed to them, they would for sure see that. Cause it was, there was like at least 200 fish, maybe, maybe more than way more than that in that uh, pile of fish right there. But in a kayak, it's so different. You know, I've fished on, I own a boat now and i fished off boats a lot in my life. And on a kayak, you can do something way different, which is the approach. It's way more stealthy. You can Get on the fish, and they never even know you're there. You know, it's a, uh, it's a lot different than being on the boat where you're having to fight them, hearing you, the splash on the on the mo- of the motor, and the boat. A lot's going on, and so the kayak you can approach them without ever them ever hearing you. I have a fish coming right up beneath the boat and looking at me right now. So I'll throw out my other one. I'm not fishing standing up, but. Um, The, uh, the thing about the kayak that's so cool is that stealth factor. Like sea bass is a big deal. Um, sea bass, when you're fishing sea bass in the kayak, it's a lot better. You catch way more sea bass on a kayak in La Jolla, especially where there's so much pressure. The fish don't hear you. They don't see you as much. There's a lot less of a profile when you're fishing. If you can imagine underwater you're fishing and there's, if you look up, there's a big boat or a kayak, like which one's a lot more, you know, uh, Which one would be scary to you, you know, bigger, the bigger boat or the smaller kayak? So uh, sea bass knows this. They've seen boats all their life. They're not stupid. Um, Otherwise, we would all be catching a lot more sea bass and having a lot more fun doing it. But um, uh, the big thing out here is to be stealthy. And with yellowtail and kayak fishing, it's for sure a way better way to approach the fish.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, man. Well, just to go touch back on the sight fishing, how um, I know for me, you know, sunglasses kind of pay. Come on! Oh Ooh. yeah! No,
1: this is a bit of barracuda or something small. <laughs> Wind them in. Oh, awesome! No, oh. yeah, it's a cuda. All right. Well, oh, it's full action on this one, I guess. crazy freaking fish gonna, he's gonna hook me on camera too knowing my look well here i well show you what i got here all right okay i'm done <laughs> i'd like to move on thank you control your fish man yeah not not exactly the funnest thing to do in a little boat like this okay there you are Everything eats that cold Sniper jerk bait and uh, get him back in the water. Nice and safe. Hopefully not too many holes in his mouth. Well
0: done, sir. So going back to sight fishing and all that, I know for me, you know, sunglasses kind of play an important role, um, you know, polarization with Costa and other brands.
1: How important are they to you? You know, if I didn't use uh, the polarized sunglasses out here, you wouldn't be able to see what I see and um it's uh for me i would much rather be out here with polarize than without and um i i, I don't think you could do what i what i'm doing right now without them i use Hobie polarized uh we make aside from the kayaks we make we have a license for uh our sister company iking to make sunglasses so um i use those sunglasses though i've used costas and they're very good and uh, i think they do a Amazing job supporting CCA as well. So I want to uh, I want discount using Costa's out here as well. Anything in brown, any brown lens will do well. Certain companies have different technologies that are better. I think uh, you know HPs and and Costa's are definitely up there. And Maui Gyms, those big companies make really good copper lenses, but that's a really big deal of color um, out here when you're looking for the green and the yellows of the of the yellowtail.
0: Excellent, excellent, man. Well, so let's talk a little bit about setups here. Uh, Matthew wants to know, as a minimum, what what real rod setups should you have um, when going uh, when going fishing either off the islands or in La Jolla, perhaps?
1: Uh, so the, the three setups you're going to need are a live bait setup. Um, it's a like a Seeker Seven Sixty, or sorry, Six Seventy. A uh, any calca 6470 that kind of medium traditional medium heavy traditional powered um, live bait stick is going to do 99% of what you're doing out here when you're first starting when you're live bait fishing and when you're trying to just fish a mackerel on a fly line. The uh, um, other rod you're going to want is obviously some kind of artificial rod. Now. Personal preference. Personally, if I'm gonna fish a stick bait, I like to fish it on a spinning reel. A lot of people are gonna say, why are you fishing a spinning reel? And you know, to me, I you just saw, it has an unfair advantage because you never have to worry about backlash. And as much as many people as use uh, in the world that use spinning reels, it's always been questionable why West Coast guys don't use spinning reels. And they're awesome. You know, I got two spinning reels right here um and they catch fish and it's really nice to not have to think about casting into a school and backlashing like you're gonna hook a fish if you get it in there and you present it right and you work the through them. so that's the fundamental if you can present the lure you're gonna catch the fish right uh the third one is gonna be a bait stick i know it sounds pretty simple like you would carry a sabiki rod or i don't really carry a sabiki rod with me i do uh, an actual setup i carry a um a beacon uh this is the 7330 back here that's my backup rod so in case i need to use a live bait rod or need an extra live bait rod for whatever reason i've got it ready and i would use that as my bait catching rod with the sabiki um and also use it for using it in case i need an extra setup uh people like to use the sabiki rods with the little like the promar with the hole down the middle the hollow center those are great but to be honest with you like they're only going to be used for a sabiki rod. so i'd rather have a different array of options for when i'm limited to like three rods um but i you can see back here i've, I've got six on the boat right now just one for everything so i don't need to switch out and i have clients I take out quite a bit so i decided to bring them all for some reason <laughs> when i only needed two or one so. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you knew that we were going live today on Facebook, so it went in Rome, right? <laughs>
1: right. we got to play the part sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so let's kind of talk a little bit more about your setup there on your kayak. So in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, it looks like you've got a pretty decent chair and a whole bunch of rods. What else do you have on, uh,
1: on your kayak currently? So I guess I'll take you off the, the stick here and I'll show you around the kayak because I think you're going to get a better eye from my point of view you can see back here, but you're just going to see me in the seat. Uh, you know, the first thing I think is super important is your fish finder. Um, out here, catching bait is super important, so you're going to want a, a fish finder that's solid, that has a lot of power to it, that has a good um, transducer. This is a full scan on it. Um, it has side scan on right now. It actually works pretty decently out here. I was a little bit Um, I was surprised recently at their updates and the the ability to see the the yellowtail and the bait and all sorts of stuff out here with the pole scan, even this this kind of deep water. Um, so that's a really must have as a fish finder. Um, a catch bag is crazy important. If you can use a catch bag out here, you're going to keep your, your fish that are, you know, worthy of a, oh my God, look at, oh my God, look at, I'm going to get boiled on right. There's going to be boils right here. I just picked up an anchovy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so crazy out here right now. There's so much fish. Um, uh, the, uh, the other thing is, you know, the, there, there's going to be accessories on this boat, like this fish, this camera mount that I'm putting, uh, using for our interview, but you don't really need something like that. Uh, keeping it simple is better. Here's my live. This is the live bait, uh, tank that we make. This is the liable XL. Great, great, uh, tank. It holds tons and tons of bait. It's not full right now. I went baitless today. Um, but you can keep up to uh, 50 max. I'm not kidding, like five zero max in there. And they'll live. They'll be a little uncomfortable for the beginning part of their journey, but uh, they do work. It does work very well for a number of max, especially on a bait-heavy day with sea bass or something. And then uh, tons of rod holders are key. Uh, I hooked my flag back there, so that's been rendered useless for majority of the day. Um, And then uh, some rod holders back here, you know, that's kind of just extra Gucci stuff. I don't really think it's that critical, Um, but that's, I wouldn't go crazy. You know, this is the Mirage Drive 360. That's the most important thing out here is to have a propulsion system that keeps you hand free. In my opinion, like you can get away with paddling, but you can do this right here and just go on about your business and catch fish like that. How does it get any better than that? Except for being in a boat. And uh, trolling around really hands free. (laughs) So, out
0: of curiosity, when you're paddling, how fast are you typically going?
1: Oh, let's see. Oh, here, there's a speed over ground in the corner. So, right now, I'm just kind of cruising, there's no currency at all. That's why those fish are just being kind of dumb. But, um, 2.2, I'm cruising. This is my this is how fast I'm pedaling. I really, I'm gonna cramp up super bad, but I'll do that for you guys like here we go 3.3 and i'm weighted down we're probably gonna get up to four there's four so goes pretty fast you know i don't think you need to go crazy fast out here and uh to catch fish but the average is about two to three miles an hour pedaling in a kayak
0: awesome man well, actually, we did get a question. Someone wants to know what uh, what spinning gear, speaking of spinning gear, what spinning gear are you uh, fishing with specifically?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, I, I like to use expensive gear because I don't like to buy it every year. So this is a Saltiga 5000, the old one. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's way, way overkill. And uh, I just like it because it's very reliable. I don't have to go out and think about my reel jamming up. I can, I have beaten this reel up pretty good, and uh, I'm pretty impressed. And it stayed. Uh, just give me one second. I might be on the fish again. Uh, no. Nope. Um, but I'm really impressed by its durability. I can't say enough about that product, like the Saltiga line. That's, you know, pretty much all my reels is Saltiga. This is the Star Drag. Um, good reel. The so Seat Saltiga 5000, this is a little bit overkill for out here. The other reel that's good is something like this. This is my this is my small setup. This is the Ballistic 5000. Um, it's a little light for some, like I'm fishing on the kelp right now, and I would not throw this in the kelp. It doesn't have enough juice, but for patties and for light fishing out in open water out here, it's a killer, killer reel, and uh, it does what you need to do out here. It's pretty fun. It only weighs seven ounces. so. It's a nice light setup and gets the job done pretty well. But a BG uh, four or five thousand is a great reel. Uh, there's just tons of reels out there, spinning reels that'll get the job done. But I wouldn't go very big. That's the that's the rule of thumb for me nowadays. Is that if you can't, if you don't have to go big, don't go smaller and stay powerful as much as you can with the smaller frames that are out there, and uh, you'll be a lot happier. Awesome, man. Well, so
0: let's talk a little bit about Hobie. Um, Is there any kind of exciting things? I know ICAST is coming up and you may not be able to talk too much about it, but uh, any exciting stuff coming out from
1: Hobie soon? Uh, It's probably going to be a little while, but um, we are always developing products out there. And I can't say that we won't have anything new this year, but uh, we'll have to see what happens at ICAST. But there is just so much opportunity for us to expand our current product line like the 360 was a big big deal for us last year but i would honestly say that the future is so young for this company we have so many opportunities to to really blow up continue evolving the mirage drive this is only the beginning so the 360 i think was a great step to show people how much functionality you could get out of such a small device um but there's No doubt that in the future, we'll be coming out with more and more new products. Um, We are constantly innovating. It may not be a Mirage Drive, but it could be another feature on a boat or something like that, or another boat altogether.
0: Excellent, excellent, man. So Jeremy's actually chiming in again here. He would like to get a Pro Angler 14 360. Where should he go to get one?
1: There's so many dealerships across the country. It really just depends on who's closest to you. Um, If you're in SoCal, uh, you have another uh, a number of options from Fastlane, which is who's in Mission Bay, to um, uh, you got all uh, in Newport and uh, in Huntington Beach. You have OEX and uh, you have uh, Pure Water Sports in Oceanside and Oceanside and and Dana Point. So I would pick your local dealership, become very familiar with them and make you know, friends with them and talk to them about opportunities for you to learn how to kayak fish and and get into it. And, um, and they also have a, a wealth of knowledge. I mean, there's, those guys are, you know, I was with Fastlane and guiding for their fishing mission way, way long ago. And um, they just, they get good young people on their team and they, they know what to do and talk fishing. So, um, and they fish quite a bit. So I talked to someone that really is in your local neighborhood that knows how to kayak fish. And all the hookby dealers around here are super good and kn- knowledgeable about kayak fishing and will help you out. And I would encourage uh, you to go to someone local, not too far away or online.
0: Excellent, excellent. So the San Diego anglers are checking in. They want to know what do you think about the Hobie Passport, and uh, what kind of what kind of people would you recommend getting that for?
1: That's a great uh, in, that's a great first installment boat. When you're going to find out what kayak fishing is about, you can drop $15.99 on a Passport 12. It's a great fishing kayak. I would take it out here. I probably should have today. Um, and you can keep it simple. It doesn't have a lot of complexity, which is beautiful. You don't have to think about things you know and steering lines and how to tune them. You just get in the boat and go fishing. Um, and uh, I think that's a great op- a great option for people that are just jumping into the game. Uh, honestly, out here, you can come out I'm, I'm literally not fishing bait today. you know I, I, don't, I can't make bait because I don't have a bait tank that's on. And I don't think you need to come out here with anything crazy. I've come out here with no fish finder and a rod and just with a jerk bait and cast it and wind cast and wind and you hook weird stuff all the time. So just come out here and fish. It's nothing like you need to, you don't need to come out here all pre-rigged and plumbed ready to go. Just got to get the line in the water. That's pretty much it. And um, you'll be, you'll be surprised how much you learn with just getting on the water and a passport's a great way to do that um it's the cheapest kayak kayak fishing kayak that we make so i would encourage people to check it out if they're looking for their first time boat their first kayak
0: excellent excellent and and i know a uh, passport got donated to our uh, san diego chapter banquet last year so we can't yeah. think
1: that too that was awesome yeah, yeah it's uh we never know what will happen each and every year maybe those keep up in the game that's coming up on august 1st right well, we're actually still planning
0: that out just because of COVID and all that. We're still, uh, we're still trying to figure that one out. But we'll, we'll let everyone know what, uh, what we're up to, what our San Diego chapter is up to. The, um, Wayne actually has a question. Do you ever slow pitch from the kayak? Uh,
1: slow pitch from the kayak, I do uh, mostly in the winter. Um, I just feel like most of the fish, like you just saw this, this live feed, the fish are up on top most of the time. Uh, you know, and that's, that's up for debate, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I would rather slow pitch in the winter when those fish are really glued to the bottom and that slow pitch, you know, is so effective at getting those fish to be, uh, reactive to something right in front of their face. And, um, it's, a, it's just a cool, uh, a cool technique. Like the stick bait fishing is a whole nother thing. And most of the, the slow fish technique is a Japanese style um, method of fishing the flat fall jigs and those bellied out, uh, those weighted out, um, wide teardrop shaped jigs. Uh, and it's it's just a very interesting technique. It takes a lot of patience because you you are fishing a crazy heavy jig for that rod. And when you fish it, you're doing kind of this motion like this and putting it slack and. The, the thing shuffles like this and all of a sudden you get smashed and um, it's just a very surprising bite with a very pool noodlely rod. Um, so I think that when people try that technique, they just got to know going into it that they have to be super patient and just give it a chance. Very, 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 very effective though when you get it down. Um, and the reds love it. Vermillion rockfish absolutely destroy that thing. So if you're looking for a good rockfish lure, um, that is a, a really good option. Excellent. Excellent.
0: So Alfonso wants to know, have you ever capsized? And I guess that's probably a a good point to talk a little bit about safety
1: as well. I have not capsized. Not one time. Not out here. Only in the surf when you're coming in, but not out here. Um, I've had clients capsize. It's a bit scary. Um, the worst thing for people to do is when they capsize on a kayak is they take the whole edge of the kayak with them and flip the whole thing and take all their rods underwater and and that that is a scary deal. Um oh my god, I have a huge school of yellowtail coming or anything right now. Uh so I I would I would practice uh very much pr- I would encourage everyone to practice using the uh Using the uh, kayak in a pool or in the bay or something that is a contained um, body of water, so that when you do come out here, you know exactly what to do and how you're going to react as an angler. Um, you know, using the kayak that you're literally uh, glued to, you have to be glued to this thing. Um, but it's not a it's not a scary thing to ride a kayak. You just got to be smart about it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, speaking of launching through the surf, how uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Can you walk us through on how you would normally do that?
1: Uh, so I pedal through the through the surf uh, and I pedal out and I pedal in. I do not paddle. Uh, the reason why is with the pedal, you can control yourself and you can go way faster uh, without having to get pushed back uh, by those by the swell and by the set. Uh, that you otherwise would be getting pushed back if you're using paddles. In my personal opinion, some people charge through with paddles, and that's super awesome. And um, with this pro angler, it's just so hard to do. You have the fish finder on the side. You have other rod holders and stuff like that and this big, giant seat. So it's very difficult to manhandle a paddle with this big boat. I pedal my kayak through, um, just put the nose straight in. I pick a nice small set, and I go right in through the wave, point my nose right in, and I just pedal like I mean it. And then I pedal right into it as fast as I can get out, and then I don't stop until I'm clear of the swell. It's clear of the set. That's that's no problem. Going out is no problem. It's coming in that's a a little bit of an issue. And I prefer to uh, pedal on the backside of a wave instead of paddle. Uh, I get the paddle out. Not really anymore, but it's probably a good idea to get the paddle out. And you can use the paddle to steer the boat in case you start surfing. Uh, The worst thing to do is to surf. You don't want to surf the kayak. Um, unless you have a surfable kayak but a pro angler is for sure not a surfable kayak and you basically what you're going to do is you're going to dig the paddle in when you start turning if you're going left you dig the paddle right and it turns the bow back in this way against the wave instead of surfing downwards because you would basically pulled and then turned and then flip the boat because there's so much resistance on one side and not on the other um, and that's how you get the boat to flip so If I'm pedaling, I'll pick a nice small set and I'll pedal as fast and hard as I can on the backside of a wave. And that's how I get in without having to touch the paddle ever.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, man. I'm going to plug in an
1: external battery really quick so I don't uh, run out of juice while I'm talking to you.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Well, we only have a few minutes left. So those of you who are uh, watching, if you've got any last minute questions for Kevin, please leave them in the comments below um jeremy's checking in once more have you ever landed a tuna on a kayak if so how big
1: i've landed one bluefin in 2015 in august and 2015 and it was about 30 pounds 30 pound bluefin and it was an awesome experience and um very random fish (laughs) in 110 feet of water
0: wow that's
1: awesome yeah right here right here in la jolla Okay. A lot, of, a lot of tuna were caught that year on a kayak. 2015 was a crazy year.
0: I mean, we already talked about it a little earlier. That was when we had you know, Wahoo, oh my God. Right, off of, right off of San Diego here.
1: Just Look at this away. meter. I'm about to show you a stacked meter of yellowtail. Look at that. Look at that. Jugged straight up. They're falling something there. Holy smokes. <laughs> Yeah, they're out here. They're big time out here. Goodness.
0: I saw a comment earlier. He was uh, saying, watch this. About 70 people are going to be at La Jolla tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Jo- Johnny has a question. Has Kevin seen a swordfish or a marlin in La Jolla? Have you swan with them?
1: I have video uh, photos. In uh, 2012, um, this uh, person named Ryan was out here uh, fishing on his Livingston. And we were on the squid bed in 88 feet of water. And he goes, there's a striped marlin right here. And I was, I thought he was totally BSing me. So I stood up and Lord and behold, there is about a, you know, an eight foot striper right there. Just cruising right over the squid grounds and he strung straight, straight up and tried to cast a bit to him, try to pitch a squid in front of him. I had a Mac that I dumped earlier and I was stupid. I should have totally kept that Mac in the tank, but it was a, Salami, it was beautiful, perfect pitching baits, that thing, but nope. Uh didn't catch him. Uh I have not seen a sword. I i think I might have once take me, take my word for a grain of salt, but I think once I've hooked one. Once. And I'm not sure what it was, but it was something crazy. And it wasn't a black sea bass. It was a whole nother deal, that whatever that thing was. So <laughs> nice. Well, I, I claim it was a sorcerer.
0: Speaking of big fish. Uh, when, when you're hooking that big bluefin or a bigger grade fish, it's typically towing you around, right? Is that pretty? Is that serving as an advantage for you against the fish?
1: Uh, yeah, so you know the 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 perfect example is guys that fish uh, are that um, spear fish. Uh, they they take a spear uh, with it's attached to the actual shaft is attached to a buoy line. Or you know, an even better example because most people have seen this is Jaws, right? Why did Jaw? Why was uh, um? I forget the captain's name. Man, I'm not, I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> uh, uh, oh man. Uh, anyways, why did he use a buoy? Well, the buoy is just so much resistance, and it's not even that hard to just float on through and, and have the fish pull it. You know, it's it's drag, and so uh, when you have when you hook a fish. It's a lot easier to fight the fish on a kayak because the fish is literally pulling you along and you just stay on top of the fish the whole time. Unlike a boat, if you're anchored, the fish would be pulling you, the, pulling the line away from you. And it's very hard to bring the fish back into the boat. It doesn't want to come near it. It's going away from the point of resistance. And so it's very difficult for, the, for an angler to stay on top of the fish the whole time. And tuna are really good at making us look like fools in that way. So, um, I would, I would say that on a kayak, it can be easier. I don't know about a a cow. I think that would be a lot of fun. I've tried, I've tried a cow. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun on a kayak, but I think you would, you would 110% uh, run into a huge problem. And that is when you get it up to color, uh, when that thing is just sounding down and pulling you like that super, super hard at the end, and it's got 25 to 40 pounds of drag on the reel very hard to to get enough leverage to pull the fish up so but i'm sure it could be done one day someone will awesome
0: very cool man well uh we're about out of time but uh man we can't thank you enough for being out and also we can't thank that yellowtail for showing up too. just perfect timing earlier
1: yeah, that was good. Um, I'm sure that people will watch it over and over again. I don't know. I, you probably could only see my feet when I when I was hooking that fish. So, um, But it, I wish I could. I had enough time. I did have enough time to show you the whole school, but I was so excited. I was decided, decided to be selfish and hook a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's all
0: good, man. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us this afternoon, man. We really appreciate you uh, being here with us.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. And I think everyone should, should, if you're not a member of CCA, you should right now is a critical time in the fish, California's fishing history. You know, it, this AB 3030 bill that's going through, that's being, uh, sorry, not put through, but being, um, it's being try, attempting to be pushed through is such a bad deal for outdoorsmen, for our, our future generations. The least you could do is to be a member. And then the second thing you could do is to show your support by informing people. Get out there and tell people what this bill is, how to, what they can do to fight it. You know, mail your senators. You guys make it so easy to contact your poli- the, poli- the local politicians. You should be out there telling people that you want to fight for your ability to come out here and do this because they try to take all this away one time, and they're coming back for it again. And it's time to, to pony up and really put your mind to it and to be politically active with your fight in fishing. It is, a, it is the time to do it right now. Um, you have a, if you miss out on the MLPA epidemic, you have another chance to write this. So it's not, it would be selfish of you to not act, to actively pursue keeping your rights as an angler, to fish this beautiful water and everywhere else in California, um, you need to get on board. You need to help out CCA. You need to help out your fellow anglers. And if there's meetings, you need to attend. And there will no doubt be meetings. Um, if Hopefully we get that chance if COVID doesn't interrupt this whole thing. So the bad timing for this whole thing, we're going to be, I hope that we're well represented. But if not, it's up to the people to make up for that lack of representation and to make sure that our voices are heard. Very important. Absolutely. Well said, my friend.
0: And Wayne actually just uh, left a comment there. Guys, it's super simple. All you have to do is go to ccacalifornia.org. And we've got all of our calls to action right there. Uh, Four four things that we really need everyone to do. Go write your senator. There's a big link on the homepage right there. There's also a, a online petition that you're more than welcome to sign up. Also, if you guys have any companies any uh, organizations, any fishing clubs. We do have an opposition letter going out right now. Uh, if you wanna sign on to that letter, please get in touch with us. You can, all you have to do is hit the contact button on our ccacalifornia.org website, and uh, we'll put you on there. Kevin, again, my, my friend, thank you so much for joining us, man. We can't thank you enough.
1: My pleasure. If you ever get the bug to invite someone back again, let me know,
0: I'll do it again. Dude, if you hook Yellowtail up all the time when you're on those things, I mean, you're more than welcome to come back every week. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: make it a one-month
0: deal at least. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for the support. We, uh, We really appreciate that, man. Guys, we'll see you guys next week on our Facebook page. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions at all about AB 3030, go to our website ccacalifornia.org. Kevin, man, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, see you guys later.